It's such a grand mystery. The pageant of life. What unknown corners and crannies and crevasses remain yet unexplored in our vast world. And what will be discovered there? The Bigfoot? The Ogopogo? The Skunk Ape? The Riddle of the Pyramid? The Elusive Phantasm? The Wolfenstein? Hi, my name is Spencer Etienne Woodby. My mission is to plumb these corners, is to find the mysteries and solve them where I can and where I can't. I will bring in a panel of incredible experts with minds as sharp as rapiers and eyes as keen as the eagle's bill. Join me, will you, into the portal to the unbeknownst. Tonight's topic, near and dear to my heart, is the infamous and astonishing Loveland Frog. In Ohio legends, the Loveland Frog, also known as the Loveland Reptile, is an unbelievable humanoid frog, portrayed as standing about four feet tall, supposedly seen in Loveland, Ohio. According to the legend, a neighborhood man revealed seeing three frog-like men along the edge of the street in 1955. In 1972, the Loveland frog legend re-established consideration when Loveland cops located and slaughtered a creature they later distinguished as an extensive iguana. The College of Cincinnati, Old Stories educator Edgar Slutkin contrasted the Loveland frog with Paul Bunyan, saying that accounts and regards to it have been passed down for quite a few years, and that locating reports appear to come in unsurprising cycles. But the question remains, is the Loveland frog real? Let's find out, shall we? Hello, and welcome to the panel portion of Portal to the Unbeknownst. Again, my name is Dr. Spencer Etienne Woodby. I'm not a formal doctor, but I like to think of myself as a doctor of the unknown. Tonight, I'm joined by two very special guests, brilliant and interesting men, the first of which is named James Sheaves. Hello, Spencer. Hi. And the other of the two, of the, what I call the brain trust, is Cody Fague. Good evening, Dr. Woodsby. Thank you. Tonight we're discussing a very mysterious and loathsome beast. His name, the Loveland Frog, also known as the Loveland Reptile. Gentlemen, what experience have you with this creature? Well, I saw him. Really? Uh, yeah, one time I, I was in Ohio, and uh, it, it was a it was a dark night, and and I I sensed a presence. Like I didn't, I mean, I didn't see anything, but you know, I you know, I felt I felt that there was a reptilian amphibian presence that was bipedal. We've all felt that sometimes in in the dark of night, a clammy mist overtakes my body, and I know there's a frog nearby. Mm. Mm. Cody. Have you seen the frog? 
Now, um, I'm going to be honest here. I have not had an encounter with the creature uh, myself personally. Um, however, um, I have done a of research and interviews regarding the Leveland Frogman or the Leveland Lizard, that is, as it is sometimes called. And, I'm sorry to um, hear that. That must be very hard for you. Oh, well, you know, um, listen, you know, there's a lot of cryptids out there and, you know, you, the ones you're lucky enough to have an encounter with. Look, look, you know, Dr. Woodsby, I'm going to level with you here. A lot of people want to say, uh, you know, oh, I saw this cryptid or I saw that cryptid. Um, but a lot of times, you know, they're, they're seeing someone's dog in their yard or they're seeing a raccoon. So, you know, I... <sighs> Do you mean to imply that uh, Mr. Sheaves has uh, fabricated his encounter? Well, look, you know, regarding James, uh, you know, we've been colleagues for a long time. I respect him a lot. I respect his work. And, um, you know, I, I, I could not say one way or the other, to be honest with you. Okay. I think in circumstances such as this, it's worth bearing in mind that the burden of proof lies with the person who seeks to discredit a claim. That's, that is very true. And that is one of my many mantras. So, tonight, I would like to open the panel to discuss some very interesting recent developments with regard to the frog. I bring you a recent account from Loveland, Ohio, of a troubling new trend. On November 30th, 2016, the Ohio Department of Natural Resources called on the public to report any suspicious activity around Thanksgiving that resulted in racially charged graffiti on the Loveland bike trail. Loveland resident Bruce Lever first noticed the damage on Thanksgiving a half-mile north of Loveland, near a bench dedicated to his deceased wife. Bruce described the damage as including a 12 to 15 foot wide Pebby the Frog meme. The Anti-Defamation League lists the frog in its database of 2016 hate symbols. The League says a subset of Pepe memes would come into existence that centered on racist, anti-Semitic, and other bigoted themes. Gentlemen, I propose to you, this was not a Pepe. This was the Loveland Frogman. The Loveland Frog has been co-opted by the alt-right as a symbol of hate. Discuss. You know, I think it's a real shame that there are these elements of the community, but uh, it, it's just something that we have to uh, own up to, that within the, the sphere of trans-dimensional creatures, there are, you know, um, uh, hierarchies of... Uh, Do you condemn or condone racism? Well, see, I, I would uh, think that there are many uh, good reptilian creatures on both sides of the debate. Interesting. Cody, do you repudiate racism in all of its forms? Well, you know, Dr. Woodsby's, um, as far as uh, racism goes, unity, you know, I like to say, you know, we're all big, one big dysfunctional family. Uh, nobody's perfect. You know, you're always going to have a few bad apples. Are you saying um, you don't see race? No, I mean, I, I see race, you know, all the time. When I'm driving around, when I go to the grocery store, you know. Does it upset you there's all to kinds see of race. people of other races? I, I can tell what you're doing. You know, you're, you're using the, the media toolkit. You're trying to trap me in a box. Here's what I'm going to say about this particular incident. Reptiles, frogs, the imagery of sociators have been used for thousands of years in the occult, in the Wiccan. Uh, community to symbolize various allegiances with dark powers, okay? As far as that being associated with racism, 
as far as that leaking its way into our communities, onto the streets, that has been their agenda for many thousands of years. And, and I do repudiate that in, in, its, in its whole entirety. Mr. Sheaves, mm. do you believe Pepe the Frog to be a racist icon? I'm uh, going to go with yes, Spencer. All right. Any further thoughts on the Pepe phenomenon before I change topics? Well, I think there's clearly uh, a uh, an inexplicable dimension to to this graffiti, and I, I think that uh, people do themselves a disservice if they uh, discount the notion that there could be supernatural forces at play in this particular incident. In the graffiti itself? Yes. It didn't even occur to me that that may be a possibility, but now I think it's an inevitability. Mm. Mr. Fig, do you believe the graffiti itself came from the other world. Look, Spencer, I, I have been studying unexplained phenomenon for 30 years, my whole life, and there are dozens upon dozens of well-documented instances of messages being sent from either the realm of the dead or per perhaps beyond. Um, and we know this because when we look at space-time, and we start to peel apart all the layers in between space-time, you have to start to think about it like being on different channels on a, on a television set, okay? Mm. And mm. it seems like someone tuned in uh, a very sort of specific channel to this 12-foot-tall wall, um, if you see what I'm saying, and created this mark. The riddle of the Sphinx? Sphinx, yes. Uh, uh, I point you to crop circles, um, and their appearances, their, their sort of mysterious geometric messages, who knows what could lie just beneath the surface of these uh, related events. What of the, um, the obelisk, just as a, as a shape in general? I, I think you could say that there is definitely a connection. It's, in, it's undeniable. A connection between the obelisk, the riddle of the sphinx, and the Loveland frog. You heard That's it right. here first, folks. Another recent development in Loveland, Ohio, occurred toward the end of, any, of, of 2016. Long ago, in the 70s, men spoke of a legendary creature inhabiting the Little Miami River. Now a couple playing the new video game, Pokemon Go, may have stumbled across the same creature, the Loveland Frogman. Wednesday night, Sam, Sam Jacobs and his girlfriend were playing Pokemon Go between Loveland, Madeira Road, and Lake Isabella. Then, a night of fun turned into a chilling tale of horror when they encountered the purported frogman. We saw a huge frog near the water, Jacobs wrote in an email. Note, they could only get him by email. Truly shaken. And note, not in the game. This was an actual giant frog. Also note, not a polywag. Pokemon vernacular. Jacob stopped playing Pokemon Go so he could document what he was seeing, snapping some photos, and shooting a short video. Then, the thing stood up and walked on its hind legs, Jacob said. I realize this sounds crazy, but I swear on my grandmother's grave, it's the truth, he wrote. You can't make this stuff up, folks. When they returned to Jacob's girlfriend's home, her parents told them about the legend of the frogman. So was it the legendary frogman, or just a big frog? Jacob's wasn't sure. Either way, I've never seen anything like that. He concluded, Gentlemen, is there any validity to this story? Is the Loveland Frog real? Well, I think when you see the footage that accompanies this story, you can see that it's undeniable that there is clearly a 
an amphibian reptilian supernatural presence of some sort. It's the eyes in particular that uh, are indelibly imprinted on the hippocampus. I'm noting that the article mentions a video. Uh, I'm only seeing still photographs. Were you able to find the video? Uh, yes, I have seen the footage. I don't have it on me at the moment. I found it. The media could not be loaded, either because the server or network failed, or because the format is not supported. Perhaps next time. Mr. Fig, is it possible that the Loveland Frog was a Pokemon all along? When In instances like these, uh, it, it's kind of like watching a magic trick. They have something they want you to look at, be it a, uh, a white glove or some sort of coin, um, maybe a bouquet of flowers. So there's the thing they want you to focus on, but then um, under the cloak of darkness, in the back alleys of reality, there's what's really going on. Much akin um, to the jester's enigmatic riddle. Right, right. I mean, going back, uh, going back to the uh, Middle Ages of um, storytelling and of how you control the uh, ebbs and flows of the court. What what we have to do is connect the dots here and follow the money. Uh, the mm. the software company that developed Pokemon Go, they are no a company known as Palantir. Okay. And you may be familiar with Palantir because they are known for their uh, high-dollar um, contracts with the federal government um, related to military applications. Very now, fascinating. it is my argument, and many have um, kind of agreed with me on this, and there's a lot of evidence to support this, that Palantir, through Pokemon Go, is using the vast networks of cell phones, smartphones, um, smart tablet devices, uh, Kindles, uh, iPads, iPods, Zunes. They're using this technology to track down and surveil cryptids all around the globe in real time. To what end, we may only speculate, but you can assume that since the military is involved, um, there is a darker, more sinister angle to this. Now, it is no accident that these kids discovered the Loveland Frog while playing Pokemon Go. They were led there by a tracking device installed probably in the frog's um, webbing of the frog's foot, kind of between the toes. So that's where they like to tag them. What, what they've done now has been able to receive all kinds of biometric data, photographs, and intelligence on these creatures. Indeed. A series of claims as mind-boggling as they are perplexing. Mr. Sheaves, do you have any opinions well, I think we've seen uh, from the example of Project Blue Book that the government is always, uh, you know, it has its fingers in these pies. And uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all if uh, such a great viral success as the computer game Pokemon Go uh, were, were to be involved uh, deeply, deeply intertwined, interconnected with, with all of this, as is everything connected to everything else. I agree. And I agree certainly that Project Blue Book the American drama series starring Aidan Gillen appears to be a fascinating uh, adventure. Um, mm. Coming to uh, media formats near you. Gentlemen, I would like to discuss now whether or not the Loveland Frog is real. Mm -hmm. On a scale of very real to just real, how real do you think the Loveland Frog is? 
I think arguably uh, one could go even further and uh, create a, a new hyper-real category above the very real scale, because that's the that's the sort of level of reality that we're dealing with, I believe. Um, one theory that I think has perhaps uh, been unexplored to date by the media is that the frog is actually not a frog, but a hellbender salamander, uh, which is uh, endemic to uh, the eastern United States, including Ohio. And I think uh, such a creature um, befits all the, the properties that are um, ascribed to the frog. And uh, I, I think it's a, it's a possibility that uh, is definitely worth exploring. Is the hellbender a cryptid? Uh, no, it's it's uh, acknowledged by mainstream science, but um, uh, I, I feel that we may be dealing with a particularly unique individual uh, in, in that it uh, possesses the, the capacity for bipedal locomotion and uh, that it can uh, clearly has uh, trans-dimensional warp capabilities that allow it to, um, you know, possess the properties that have been ascribed to it in the in the various eyewitness reports. An astonishing theory. Mr. Fig, what feeling do you have on whether the Loveland Frog may indeed be a mutoid? Um, you know, I, I think just using the basis of science and logic, um, we can say there's no way this is one of these salamanders because it is able to walk on its hind feet. And in addition to this, going back to the initial sighting, um, in 1955, which not not long after Roswell, you know, if I'm being honest, but um, in 1955, the original sighting of these frogs, they're, you know, bipedal, they have wrinkled uh, reptile or amphibious heads, and they can use sticks as tools. And, and the original eyewitness um, account shows these creatures emitting sparks sort of electric energy from the end of these sticks that they're holding. If you've ever seen a hellbender salamander do that, uh, well, buddy, I want what you're smoking, but to be quite honest with you, I, I think that we're dealing with something else entirely here. Well, uh, I respectfully disagree, Cody, and I would just point out that uh, it is well established that there are uh, things that logic can't explain, and, and areas such as this are... are out of the domain of science, there is just, there's a limit to what science can accomplish. And I think that we're dealing with creatures that uh, defy the logical explanations that we humans try to force upon them. Fascinating. My own theory. Prepare yourselves. The Loveland Frog is, in fact, one of the many creatures from the Black Lagoons. Hmm. And I'll leave it at that. Gentlemen, any closing thoughts? Well, I have uh, one question that that remains with me uh, out of all this, and that's the uh, the consistent uh, through all the eyewitness accounts uh, reported strong odor of alfalfa and almonds, which I believe is yet to be explained uh, by by any scholar or anyone who's uh, been looking into this case. And I, I would just uh, hope that uh, the listeners at home can. Um, uh, join us in uh, continuing to uh, seek an explanation for the for the for the nutty odor of the creature james james let, let me stop you there um because i think i have an answer to that question and 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 i want to make sure i lay my thought process out properly let's mm -hmm. go to the eyewitness accounts uh one of the rare uh, amongst cryptids to travel in groups okay so mm -hmm. groups two three or four um Again, uh, as I mentioned earlier, wrinkled heads, all right, so let's put that up on the pin board. Um, 
Now, these creatures are seen uh, carrying uh, sticks. You know, one might even say wands made of wood that they're shooting um, sparks out of the ends of these sticks. All of this evidence, including the sort of nutty, pleasant, uh, almost like bakehouse aroma of this cryptid, point mm-hmm. to one thing, and that's that the Loveland Frogs are, the Loveland Frogmen are also a clan of interdimensional wizards who use magic and, yes, even potions that they make out of mushrooms and chestnuts and things like that. Um, so I think that's a pretty um, concise explanation of that, that aroma in it's totem. It's a compelling hypothesis, and I would say that the question uh, clearly bears further study. Potentially corroborating Cody's claims. Some claim the legend goes back centuries. This version of the legend claims that the native Twitwi people warned French explorers in the 17th century about a creature called the Shanahook. The Shanahook was a river demon described as a hybrid between a frog and a man, minus the nose and hair a man would have. Would it be possible that these odors were in fact a Native American balm or salve prepared by a shaman. I'm highly intrigued by the notion. I think that when you put all of the evidence together, it starts to form a bigger picture. And um, the only thing that it points to is shamanic activity spanning centuries and and through dimensions and through time. And presumably innumerable other dimensions. You know, there, there could be thousands. Hmm. We, don't, we don't know, but we must continue to explore and delve into that mystery. It, precisely 1,000 dimensions. Mm-hmm. Mm. Gentlemen, I appreciate you taking the time to discuss the Loveland Frog this evening. My spine tingled at every word. I can scarcely believe the mysteries and the wonder that filled my heart as we discussed this wonderful creature. It's so beautiful. I'd like to thank you again for tuning in to this exceptionally special episode, as it's the first episode of Portal to the Unbeknownst. <laughs>